Hi, listeners. Uh, we're really glad you're with us this week. We just wanted to say something up top about the events of the last few weeks and the murder of George Floyd and all of the other um, things that we've been talking about in our culture. Uh, we just want you to know as a podcast that we believe that Black Lives Matter, that we believe that we need to end white supremacy. We think that we need more justice and equity in our world. And we just feel like it's important to say that up top. Uh, we also know that some places have chose not to do shows during this time because they've chose not to for a variety of reasons. And while we respect that, we've chose to go ahead because we want to provide something that might bring people some joy uh, in their day or in their week. But uh, hopefully you guys understand that. But we just uh, we just felt the need to say that up top. If any of that is problematic for you or you feel like you can't listen to our podcast anymore, we'd be happy for you to stop listening to our podcast because we feel pretty strongly about that stuff. So uh, part of the reason we love Marvel is because we think that the content over time has more and more and more, you know, put at the center of their stories, people of color, particularly black individuals, as far as, uh, and, you know, LGBTQ people and women and all kinds of stuff. Like, you know, that our show is on board with all that and we think it's awesome. Uh, also, uh, we want to lift up uh, and encourage you to listen to other people as well. So like uh, Michael T. Ford is a longtime supporter of our show. He runs a new podcast called the racial draft podcast. It's a superhero deal. And um, it's just the black podcast that we know best. And so we'd encourage you to watch that. There's a lot of other great black podcasters that we'd encourage you to listen to and to support. And uh, we've never had ads on our show, but consider this show sponsored by your local anti-racist Nonprofit, and we'd love for you to give some money to them this week to kind of continue this fight. So that's all we're going to say. We're going to go to our normal show, but thanks for listening. Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Uh, sadly, there's no Rhiannon today. It is just Adam and myself, Caleb. We will try to be as interesting as possible without without our most valuable Rhiannon. But how are you doing today, Adam? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, like I told you, I had some some time off to do uh, some projects, a project or two. So I got that. Uh, I didn't get that done, but I, I got what I wanted to. I got uh, some stuff done, some, some R&R. Um, that's about it. A whole lot of nothing. Some video games, some margaritas. So, uh, yeah. So what video games are you playing? I'm a Battle Royale guy, so I've been playing Apex. I've been playing Warzone. Um, I'm terrible when it comes to video games. I buy video games, and they remain wrapped on in my bookshelf entertainment center thing for, for years. I still have Fallen Order, and it's still not even out of the package yet. I probably should have started that, but yeah, mostly Battle Royale. Yeah, I don't play Fortnite or anything, and I'll sparingly go on to Call of Duty multiplayer. But Yeah, I was asking because I've been playing a little bit more video games, just, I don't know, randomly the last couple of weeks. So my daughter bought the the Zelda game, the Breath of the Wild or whatever, okay. and uh, Switch. It's okay. I've, I've had some fun with that. And then um, I got Fallen Order for Christmas. Nice. So I was just playing that game and I, I enjoy it. It's, 
it's the perfect amount of difficulty. Like there's a lot of level, like parts of levels that I have to do like six or seven times to get finished. Mm-hmm. And that's just about right. Any bit more, any more difficult. And I just start being angry that I couldn't get through yeah. it. But it's also nice to have something that you don't just like breeze through as fast as possible. Yeah. 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 Well, the good news, Adam, is we've got actually a little bit of news this week. So Thank goodness. Uh, some things are happening. I'm going to start out with uh, Tampa Bay Comic-Con, I guess. I, I don't know what it's called. Buck-a-Con or whatever. Um, no, it's called Tampa Bay Comic-Con. Okay, awesome. It always confuses me because there is Tampa Bay is technically in the middle of the water, right? Like the city is called Tampa. Yeah, but for some reason they call everything Tampa Bay. Yeah, I think it all has to do with the Buccaneers, right? Because that's, I don't know, everyone just calls it Tampa Bay. Tampa's Comic-Con uh, put out an announcement that Paul Bettany will not be making his scheduled appearance because he's doing some shooting for WandaVision in July. Mm. So that was interesting. Uh, we had heard WandaVision was done, but maybe these are reshoots. I get the sense that you're wondering if they're even they're even right. No one's going to go there. I mean, I don't think maybe they do have to do some pickups or something like that. But what celebs going to go to a comic convention? All things considered, you know it's virtual. It's it very well could be the only major convention this year. Um, I mean, Emerald City's still on for now, um, but it's just hard to imagine um, if there are conventions that these celebrities are going to go there. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Um, but it kind of smells of uh, passing the buck or, or a scapegoat type thing because Florida man decided to have a convention when they shouldn't have. So do you think they're making it up or do you think that Disney really is filming in July for WandaVision? Oh, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I Maybe. There's been several people that have said it's done, though. Maybe they are doing reshoots, um, which adds a whole other level detail i guess to this whole production process because what tv shows get reshoots none you know um but it makes sense it's marvel studios obviously it's not a traditional television shoot by any stretch of the imagination so maybe maybe there are reshoots maybe wandavision wasn't done but yeah maybe maybe they are filming it just smells of a of a of an excuse to me i guess yeah, I, I, I could see that if it was just the news that Bettany's not showing. But this gives me the feel, like, I don't I don't think they would make up this elaborate of a lie about it. You know, I think they'd just be like, you know, something's come up and he can't be there. This makes me feel like they're actually doing some WandaVision shooting. And it tells us that they're, they're, they're spooling stuff back up, which is exciting. I'm curious to know why, why you feel that PR people... I mean, it's just a e- very, very easy PR spin. I mean, it's the go-to thing when people cancel. Clark Gregg's team just did it not too long ago at a convention last year. I would just think the Disney PR people would be all over them for like, oh, great, now you've announced that we're sh- shooting something and we're not shooting, you know? Like, I would just think that that would be a poor form. Uh, it's possible. I mean, is the original post still up? Because that just what and something else just happened. It wasn't Disney, I don't think. Um, oh yeah, it was it was that horror con with Sam Raimi, and he had to cancel, and that post got removed very quick. So maybe, yeah. I mean, if it's still up, they're probably filming because if it um, 
it was something they wanted to keep secret or something, they would have had it taken down in minutes. The idea of reshoots is interesting because uh, have you watched any of this uh, Disney Plus gallery show that shows like behind the Mandos? I have. I think I'm caught up maybe or close to caught up. Because it's been really interesting to me the way they shot Mandalorian and the the way they're using tech and previs and stuff that there's no mysteries anymore. Like Favreau and crew knew exactly what every shot and every minute of a Mando episode should look like before anybody ever physically showed up on set. And it seems like that's a pretty brilliant way to make sure that you don't have to come back and do lots of reshoots or really adjust stuff. It seems like their process on that show was and the process because it was a TV show and because they don't have a ton of budget and because they can't do reshoots was just a very different process to make sure everything was totally ratcheted down before they recorded anything. Right. No, I I would assume they're doing something similar with, at least in terms of the gallery series um, for the Marvel stuff too. But it, it, it's obviously we already do have a much different setup because we only they've only promoted one director and one writer, right? But we know there's been writers' rooms for these shows, kind of, sort of, almost faux writers' rooms. Um, and then the one director, whereas Mandalorian, it's while each one got credit, I mean, they it seemed like they were on set for every single episode. You know? Yeah, it and it is different. I have been very impressed, I guess, by what Favreau's done on that show. And from a time and money perspective, I can't understand why you wouldn't always do it that way. Between that volume LED room that they have and some of the previs work and some of the camera stuff they've developed, they've just found a way to make really good, really great looking TV at a really low price. It seems like like there's just so many things that Disney should be happy about with that, I think. There, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff they've done, especially with the visual effects and special effects and stuff. Um, and I wonder, that's just, I mean, you wouldn't think that at this day and age, ILM and Lucasfilm still have, like, a, a better relationship than ILM and Marvel Studios or something, since they were both Lucas companies or something. Or or maybe that the executives still do have better relationships than what Feige has with ILM or something, but... Now, speaking about WandaVision, apparently Evan Peters, Charles Murphy has told us, has been cast for some role in the show. Do you have any guesses or any like wish lists of who you'd like Evan Peters to be? I haven't an idea. I mean, a wish list would just be uh, for like a, a multiversal Quicksilver thing. Okay, so I was going to ask you, you actually would like to see a multiverse Quicksilver come in? Why not? I don't think I don't think Evan Peters would be uh, a get in the sense that he'd be like a a star in maybe maybe he will be, maybe they have a huge role for him, but I I would guess it's a multiverse type thing. Um especially with what they've teased of WandaVision so far. You know, the actors have said it's something that Marvel's never done before, and it's it's supposed to be super, super gnarly, um, and it leads straight into Doctor Strange 2 and, and all this stuff. So I guess maybe that's low-hanging fruit. Maybe that's too easy of a, 
suggestion is that he would pop up as a as a, a Quicksilver from the multiverse. Um, it, I mean, you got to watch Crisis, man. Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's kind of, I mean, it's corny and and all the visual effects, but they did something very special. They got Ezra Miller on the CW, man. It's uh, and that's one place you know I think Marvel Studios has has faltered, especially with the disconnect between movies and, and TV. So if they could bring Evan Peterson as Quicksilver and make um, the Singerverse, you know, Earth 5678, um, I, I don't see why anyone would be against that. You know, I mean, everyone's going to have the canon fight and this and that and that, but why not make everything canon? You know, why not make Wesley Snipes' Blade Earth one two three, you know, and Nick Cage's Ghost Rider or three two one, and and so on and so forth. I mean, what's what's it going to hurt? Yeah, I mean, I don't love it just because. Um, I don't know the, the continuity was so jacked in the X Men universe that it's not even like one universe. It would almost have to like they'd almost have to like clarify like actually the X Men movies take place in four different universes. Because, like, their stuff just never lined up. Emma Frost was in, like, three different X-Men movies at different ages and different... Uh, yeah, they don't... Yeah, they don't need to explain it. I, I mean, it'd be a super easy way to pretty much solve all continuity problems, I guess, right? I mean, you could just say, well, hey, here's Evan Peters as Quicksilver. Now that this is a multiverse, we can use him whenever the hell we want. Um without really explaining much other than him popping through a portal that his interdimensional sister made somehow. Yeah. I, I've this other suggestions I've seen, I guess Evan Peters has done some villainous kind of roles in some of the other stuff he's been in all the time. Yeah. American horror story. That's interesting to me. The idea that they're going to bring in, I mean, it would be interesting. Could he be nightmare? Like, there was some talk that maybe Nightmare would be in Doctor Strange 2, and then that led some people to think maybe there'd be crossover here. Like, I think we've talked about, um, uh, oh, I'm forgetting her name. The the uh, comedic actress who we don't know who she is in one of Catherine Hahn. Yeah. We, we, I think we've talked about, could she be Nightmare? But it'd be interesting if Evan Peters was in, like, a, a role like that. If Evan Peters was Nightmare, I'd be very, very surprised. Um, maybe. Maybe he is, though. I don't know. Uh, I do. I have a sense that they are retooling Doctor Strange pretty heavily, though. I don't know why. Maybe now that Raimi's on board and and uh, they're doing it. Um, I feel like the, the delays are natural to that. Like, they could take the script and just put it in the freezer and pull it back out six months from now. But you'd think if you're Raimi, the temptation is just to keep tinkering with it, and like naturally, it's going to be different after a layoff. It's it's hard. It's so hard for me to believe they would land Sam Raimi and they wouldn't let him do what he wanted with it. You know, it's hard. I mean, he doesn't need Marvel at all, right? Um, I don't want to say some directors do. Um, but they've certainly benefited from having their names attached to Marvels compared to their other, the other stuff in their catalog. Um, Sam Raimi doesn't need Marvel, so it's hard to believe uh, 
they wouldn't uh, give them kind of a cookie cutter script and say, here, film this, you know? The other weird thing to me is that apparently Peters was cast. They put him in costume. He showed up on set. He filmed all his scenes and we never heard about it until much, much, much later. Uh, I was thinking about this too with the Mandalorian. We've heard all these casting things in quarantine from Mandalorian, but it was done filming before quarantine. So it's just, I don't know, just a testament again to Disney's ability to lock stuff down. It's shocking to me someone can be in a show and do all their scenes, and in this day and age, nobody hears about it until, you know, four months after it's done. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's insane. I'm, and they must have like an ironclad NDA or something because some studios, man, there's, I mean, the uh, John Wick spinoff, the ballerina, the whole plot is out, out there and the whole cast and all cameos and stuff. Um, so it's like I said, I mean, if you post something about Disney that they don't like, you'll get an email in a span of minutes. Yeah. The Peters, I mean, the Peters thing's legit. Um, I know that much. Um, so Charles obviously has very good, accurate sources. Charles Murphy also said that Falcon and Winter Soldier, a second season, has potentially been discussed. And that it probably would not be called Falcon Winter Soldier Season 2, but would have a different title. Um, I don't think there's a lot there, but we've kind of always felt that way. Like, there's no reason to make anything a Season 2 that they can just give new subtitles or new names and just kind of keep it fresh that way. Right. Why? Yeah. Why is it even going to be a season two? Why can't we just treat it as a new? What didn't he say something traumatic was going to happen or something like that? So why not just call it like Fallen Sun or something? Yeah, I think the only way it would be a season two is I could see if Marvel's going to continue the story and there's going to be similar characters in it. That you keep the you keep the crew together, you keep the writer, you keep the direct, you know, you kind of keep the the artistic team together, and that's that's a way in which it would feel like a season two. But who knows? They're operating at a complete different. They're using completely different methods than any other TV show ever. Like they don't have writers' rooms anymore. So I, who knows, man? I just. Hopefully we get something good. I don't know. It's just bizarre how they're, what, eight weeks per episode or something like that? Or what was the, I saw someone tell you it wasn't eight weeks, but it was like four weeks or something. Someone did the math, I guess, when you have shows that get eight days. Um, this is totally off topic. You reminded me of uh, one of the cool things on that gallery show, Taika Waititi mentioned the reshoots on Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. And that, what was it? it was an insane number, like 350 shots they did in like five days or something like right. that. Because he's like, we knew exactly what we needed. It was just very interesting for him to talk about, like, just how insanely fast that they were able to do that stuff. Disney completely, totally upended what reshoots were, right? Remember when everyone, like, what, two years ago, uh, everyone thought reshoots meant the death of a movie? Yeah. And now Disney's launched this campaign where it's where it's very integral to oftentimes the whole entire damn movies most of the movie is shot um and reshoots. Which I want to see some of these test screenings eventually, man, like after the MCU's over or in another ten years, like if they release the first 
test screening of Iron Man or something. Or maybe, maybe if they have a movie that bombs, they'll be like, well, here was the test screen, so what we did was much better. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. if it's. And we could be like DC fans and just assume that the test stuff was necessarily better than the finished product. You have a, an inherent bias against the Snyder Cut, though, which you need to give them some break. But I'm hyped for it, man. I hope, I hope so much it's not bad. I really, so for the sake of the DCEU, I hope it's good and it lights a fire under an executive that decides to actually do the DCEU again. I mean, it's not going to hurt Marvel stuff at all. Yeah, I would say this. I do think it's possible the Snyder Cut will be better than what actually came out. Because that's almost guaranteed. There's no doubt that that was at least three cooks in the kitchen, right? Like you had Snyder stuff and you had Joss stuff. And then you had like the Warner brothers executives also just like meddling in the middle. So yeah, I, I totally think Snyder cut will be better than the original product. Okay. Other new stuff. Uh, Haley Stanfield was asked about the all female uh, spider verse spinoff. And she said she hasn't heard anything about it. Uh, to me, that's not totally surprising. The, not all female Spider Verse sequel is not coming out until 2022, and so uh, I guess the the thing here is Sony did talk a really big game after Spider Verse came out about like all these sequels they wanted to do, and they're gonna do like TV show spinoffs, and like we got the sense it was gonna be like Netflix like cartoon shows or something, and it does. F- feel like that they're not capitalizing on that it may be good i think it's you know sometimes less is better but it is interesting that they have not taken that incredible success and turned it into more product right it it is more worrisome when it comes to animation that you know steinfeld says she hasn't said anything because the voice work is um some of the first stuff they do because they animate based off the voice. Um, I mean, the vast majority of studios. The the problem with the quarantine thing is, I think most things scheduled, unless you know we're talking Disney or, or Warner, you know, there's going to be a, a two year, two three year break or something. I don't know a substantial break while they rush um, super super small scale movies like the Bloom House movies into production you know something that they can do with a very small cast and very quick like what Bloomhouse say he was going to do they were going to make a movie for like a million dollars or something like that um i think we are going to get a batch of this stuff before the stuff comes out and then we're going to have to go through the the projects about the coronavirus itself and the docu-series and the the lifetime movies and then the 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 awards bait movies and all that you know um so it makes sense you know but a lot then again a lot of the animation stuff they 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 can do remotely you know i know i've talked to voice actors who are doing stuff from their homes um they're at least recording their lines to send in so animators can animate them they'll they'll do some adr pickups later on um yeah, I don't know, man. They worked on Spider-Verse for how many years? At least we're getting a Jackpot movie. Oh, dude, I forgot. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. I forgot about it. Uh, they're making a Jackpot movie. Yay. With Mark Guggenheim. Guggenheim, I mean, he's 
his X-Men Gold stuff's good, right? It was good until it got canceled, what, like six issues in? Yeah, I just, I don't, again, I consider myself, I use myself as like a litmus test on this stuff. If it's a character so obscure that I have never read a comic about them, it's a pretty obscure character. You know, because I'm not encyclopedic in my knowledge, so I've never heard of Jackpot. I've never seen a comic with Jackpot in it. It's just, you know, I mean, they might as well be adapting something from some sort of Valiant comic series if they're doing Jackpot, in my mind, but... Oh man, I I I want I want a Valiant cinematic universe so damn bad, and then we got Bloodshot. Man, I would love Exo Man of War. I'd love Quantum and Woody, but whatever. Black Hammer, man, have you read the Black Hammer comics? I haven't. That's I need something new though. If that's good, yeah, I don't know where you'll find it. Um, Dark Horse has digital comics, but they don't have like uh, Marvel universe or whatever it's called yeah but i'm on comiXology too oh i think black i think the first couple volumes is on uh unlimited if you have unlimited but that's very good and they just optioned that for movies and tv um so there's an option but yeah jackpot <laughs> along those lines jj simmons uh jk simmons is apparently uh signed on for multiple appearances as jj j jonah jameson which is awesome uh you know you'd assume so they wouldn't have put him in there unless they had you know uh there's also been some rumors that hercules is coming to the mcu it's coming from the same voices that have said a lot of things that we haven't seen to be true yet so i'm not sure about it but that's the thing man i mean what and by this time in 2022 we should know who's legit and who's a fraud right yeah there's and, you know, I'm not trying to fuss at anybody. There are a couple of Twitter accounts that I have found all post the same information at the same time all the time. It's almost like they're, like, on a group text together with somebody at Marvel. Right? Isn't that weird? It's almost like they're on a, a Twitter group or they're friends with the same right, source right, on Facebook. Right. And so, um, you know, I mean, Hercules would be fine. We thought maybe he'd come with Eternals, but it doesn't seem to be happening yeah, I'm not against it. I just, you know, again, we've also heard that Miss America's coming, and we've heard this, and we've heard that. Like, we just heard a lot of rumors. I just, I, I'm trying to figure out, I don't know, if is Marvel, like, trying to plan 2026 right now at their headquarters because they're just bored from coronavirus? Because we have so much stuff that's already on our plate. Unless Hercules is going to be in something that we know is coming out, you know? It would be very surprising for me that Marvel would do like a standalone Hercules project while also rebooting Hercules with the Russos. It just seems like that could end up very messy. Brand confusion, you mean? Right. Especially with someone that's all about brand like Disney. Or unless um, Hercules is the Russo Brothers project and they just pitched it as the animated reboot to throw everyone off their scent but i mean at this point i mean i thought we've already heard this hercules rumor before you know like then we hear he was in eternals as like the he was supposed to be the first openly gay character at one yeah. point in eternals and that's it doesn't seem like that's happening so, so. I, I, there's been rumors about virtually everyone at this point um i just read another daredevil rumor the other day so did you see that headline? 
as Marvel's going to do something very controversial with uh, the Daredevil reboot or something, and it was about adapting the uh, Karen Page death. I'm like, oh man, they don't read comics. Yeah, for real. Guardian Devil, because no one has at all wanted to see Guardian Devil adapted right. on the screen. How dare they adapt a comic plot That's word for word? Now Super controversial. Years old or whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, fifth, not fifteen. Oh, it's twenty plus years old now. Yeah, yeah. ninety nine, wasn't it? Yeah, whenever Marvel Knights came out, I was yeah, I was reading in high school back then. So yeah. All right, uh, let's talk about Agents. Of Sh- Is there any other news? I was ecstatic we had that much news, but uh, I don't know. Good question. Not that's immediately hitting us. All right, so let's talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, We had our second episode in 1931, and we left 1931. It's going to be full spoilers here, folks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Adam, did you enjoy the episode? I loved it, man. I am enjoying this season a lot. Um, This sounds so silly, but I love... I can't wait. Someone needs to make an art book with all the title screens at the end of the season because they're totally going through the years and they're going to whatever. whatever. So we're probably going to go to the 50s next. That's what I would it looks guess. like, yeah. And then that's going to be two episodes and then we'll go, what, to the 70s or something? Um, but that's crazy, man. Every single thing we've seen from S.H.I.E.L.D. so far has been from 1931. And they're no longer in 1931. Yeah, so there's definitely a lot they have still up their sleeve that we do not know is coming. I noticed that when um, watching the first episode, I was like, the first five minutes of the show, I felt like I'd seen every bit of it because I'd seen like photo publicity photos. But I was also thinking like, I've only seen the first five minutes then because I've seen a lot of publicity photos, but they were all from the very beginning of the episode. So they've left a lot in the tank. They're doing something very interesting as well, right? They're doing the events that are going to, they're shaping, how do I say this? They're shaping the past now so that the previous futures prove accurate. Like Koenig's involvement now explains perfectly like why the whole family was shield nuts and like Enoch back then. So was Enoch, does Enoch and grandpa Koenig, are they will, the people that come up with like LMDs and the Koenig grandsons are actually LMDs or chronicons right. or something, you know? Um, so I think they're doing some very interesting stuff. The time travel stuff's not super, super, I mean, it's not complicated at all. They have to go wherever the Zephyr takes them, right? Yeah, it does make me feel like we're headed for uh, what I would call like infinite loop time travel, where they they do things like they go back and they don't change anything. They actually do what had already happened in their history. Right. They just didn't realize it had happened in their history. And it, it kind of like, it becomes a determinism, I guess, that like, 
well, we've just always done this and that's what we always chose to do. And that's the way it's always been. And it's the way it'll always be. And I don't know if it makes total sense philosophically, but I don't know. At least I can understand it. Gargoyles does this a lot. We've been rewatching Gargoyles. Have you been rewatching it? Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of Gargoyles things where it's like, there's just like a time loop where somebody goes back in time and sends themselves something that tells them to go back in time to send themselves something. And it's just infinitely looped forever. And I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's... How uh, how many girls are you watching it with? All of them. Is it art? Okay, I wasn't sure if it was going to be too dark or not. Uh, no, you know, our kids are pretty good about, like, they don't, things don't aren't too spooky to them. You know, I don't know. We watch Star Wars with our kids when they're about five, so. Um, Gargoyles, I don't know. It doesn't, it's not even, like, real guns or anything. Yeah. Oh, there, I mean, have you got to the Brooklyn part oh, yet? Yeah, where yeah, you yeah, should... yeah. I guess there is. Yeah, okay. I'm trying. I guess I was thinking of X Men. I think about X Men a lot because you know there's no guns in X Men the animated series. Right. Like even the criminals and cops, they all have like laser blasters. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Xanatos's goons also have laser blasters. A laser blasters. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Thank you for showing gargoyles to a new generation. Do they like? Does the retroiness throw them off at all, or do they just watch it like a normal? Um, every once in a while, there's something that's a little silly. Like, uh, we just watched an episode where Elisa was like, I'm going to go to find a payphone," And it's like, right. kids don't know what a payphone is, you know? Exactly. Okay. Right. Uh, but no, they, they seem to enjoy it. I mean, the animation isn't, I don't know. It's animation from 20 years ago. I know it was really good at the time, but now it looks a little... You can. I feel like you can really tell when they started forcing them to do too many episodes too fast, right? Because it just right. gets the second season's what the second season sixty or seventy episodes, I think. Yeah, something or like, like that. fifty some or something nuts. Yeah. So, uh, Shield, uh, do you expect? I mean, I kind of expect Enoch to just meet them when they land at their next destination. Like he's just going to live out the next twenty years. And he'll calculate when they're going to come back. So I don't, I don't, I don't foresee Enoch out of the show very long. I kind of anticipate right. that he'll just be right there when they get back to the fifties. Yeah, it'd be a pretty hilarious running gag or something. <laughs> that Enoch always uh, misses the plane. Always the misses the plane. <laughs> the second I audibly sighed that that was the only thing I really didn't care for this past week was him. They didn't even need Tesh include that bit of running towards the plane um they could have just left him by i don't even know what grandpa uh grandpa Koenig's name is um all the easter eggs man they're just throwing in as many name drops as they can so far we have malik we have red skull and erskine oh i was so sure they were going to show freddy's driver and it was going to be either Zola or Dr. Faustus or right, something, you right. know? I thought that was going to be the same thing as well. Which brings me to the next thing. I don't think, I mean, I still want to see the Chris Evans cameo, but I'm still in the camp. We might get a Red Skull something, a tease or something. But we've already fast forwarded now to where Red Skull's hanging out on Vormir, aren't we? I don't know. We don't know. I mean, when, well, when was, no, when was, World War II was the 40s, right? Early 40s? Yeah, I think Cap was forty five or forty six. I think when so maybe they're maybe they're going there next. 
Because we we still have to get Souza, so that's when Souza would be around that time, right? Or shortly thereafter. Yeah, I think the idea is that this is a slightly older Sousa, though. Because remember, Agent Carter, I think the last season of Agent Carter maybe took place in 1950. You know how long it's been since I watched the second season of Agent Carter? I know. As I remember it, the first, like, first, uh, Captain America, first Avenger ends like 46 or something like that, or 48, or sometime between 45 and 50. And then I feel like Agent Carter season one is in the late forties, and then season two is like nineteen fifty. I don't. I could have that all wrong, but I thought that was something like that. Well, maybe there there goes the theory. I'm just saying Ross Marquand is most certainly a easy get for ABC. I mean, I definitely would like to see, like I mentioned, Zola Zola or Faustus. I think either one of them should be a gettable actor and should be really interesting. I mean. Faustus was just sitting in a jail plotting something. Last time we saw him in Agent Carter, it would be kind of interesting to see him back. Yeah, otherwise, I mean, I enjoyed it. I'm trying to think of... uh, I did kind of like the... um, I feel like it was a good tension, the idea of let's try to stop S.H.I.E.L.D. or let's try to stop Hydra from existing and, you know, like this, this classic time travel thing of if we can make the world a better place, yeah, but what if that totally jacks everything up? You know, unintended consequences. I don't know. It's it's It makes sense to me. And I kind of liked the tension that Daisy had where she's like, yeah, stopping Nazis from exist, you know, like super Nazis from existing would be a good thing for us to right. do. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on though, right? So there are, I mean, where's it go next? Like, they're not done with with Malik, are they? Are they following Malik through the years, or is he totally done now? I mean, they did what they were supposed to do, right? They were, they had, they needed him to get to where he got, even though Daisy didn't want that. And then there's this May subplot. Yeah, which I don't like merely because it forces us to talk about Shrikes and everything anything that goes back to last season so yo-yo having the like shrike stuff in her blood or um may being transformed by the other world she went to and dying like anything that makes me think about last season i'm not excited about yeah it's it's grim i'm also really bumming that fitz is not there this thing where they've for the 18 millionth time separated fitz and simmons is just so tired it is so old it's it's getting very old. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, we're two episodes in and he hasn't been seen once. That's, I mean, it's almost exactly like season five when they did that, right? And season two and three and four. It's crazy he gets series regular billing, man. I guess if you can get that kind of work, go for it. All right, we're going to pay you to be a season regular, <laughs> but you don't have to show up right? until week four. Oh, okay, cool. So, I mean, what's he doing now? They just separated him so the Chronicoms can't have him and Sims together, right? Yeah, because... And again, I love Fitzsimmons. Is their brain really... Are they both so intelligent that the Chronicoms can learn something from them that they couldn't figure out some other way? Like, it just... It feels like a weird plot contrivance to keep them separated... Because they know that the will they won't they relationship angst thing keeps people watching. Yeah, I don't know. I have to go back and watch because they scan their brains already. 
I don't know. I guess I probably should rewatch it before talking about it. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's been the argument, is they don't want to be together, so the Chronicons can't capture both of them. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it, and it's it's been fun, and I'm not sure how it's going to unwind, and... The fact that they're doing the time jumping through history means I think it's going to feel pretty fresh. I think some of the challenge of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been that they, um, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. is trying to keep within a certain budget. They And they do that. Like, this episode was mostly either in that speakeasy scene or was on the, the train car scene. You know, like, it's not that mm-hmm. many sets. But um, changing up is really helpful. You know, there were times where I got really tired of the lighthouse somewhere between five and six after 14 episodes and then wandering around the same three hallways. It was a little like, oh, sheesh. So I enjoy that we're going to be skipping through time a little bit and it makes it just fresh every couple weeks, you know. I've said forever, man, that Marvel needed its own version of Legends to Tomorrow. It's not quite what uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, but I mean, I think there are very... There are many more surprises on the way, probably, um, in terms of appearances and stuff. Oh, it's good, man. I'm very impressed with it so far. Yeah, and it's it's just fun. Like, I don't know. It's the kind of thing that we, given the dearth of content that we've had from Marvel, for a variety of reasons, it's not their fault. It's been nice to have something Marvel that's just enjoyable and competently done and... You can help. You can tell they've had time to develop this, and it wasn't a surprise ordering of episodes or something. Um, it's. I mean, it's a nine day difference between these two episodes and any two episodes of season six. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I don't know what totally happened there, and it's weird. I mean, season six had a few highlights, like the uh, the Daisy and Simmons uh, girls' night out episode. I actually really enjoyed. Yeah, oh, that was amazing. Yeah, six. that was great. That was okay, good. That was great. And there was a few space things. Uh, well, yeah, because remember last season, like half of it was Sarge on Earth, and the other half was like Fitz and Simmons exploring the cosmos. And I remember loving the Fitzsimmons stuff and hating the Sarge stuff. So, right, I didn't. Yeah, the Sarge stuff. The only highlight that instantly came to mind was the uh, Fort Dodge, Iowa shout out, which was dope as hell. The best scene of the whole series. All right, cool. We good to uh, jump over and do the mailbag real quick? Yep. Have we had anybody live? Uh, we did not no. announce ahead because we were having trouble figuring out when we were going to do it. So uh, We do have a love waffle. Uh, left a message from last week's due to Black Widow getting delayed and the D-plus shows not being finished. Uh, debacle around James Gunn, the end of Marvel TV, the final season of Run. <laughs> It's crazy that Runaways is the only MCU thing that came out between Agent Shield's finale last year and Agent of Shield's premiere this year. And I still haven't watched it. I totally spaced it off. I still have not watched. Have you watched that? Yeah, I watched all of it. Did you? I should probably get to it. It was that. okay. Uh, I really liked the Cloak and Dagger stuff. They did kind of a whole episode. Uh, you know how Cloak and Dagger would like go to the mall and they were like kind of in this like shadow dimension place. They have an episode, the, the Cloak and Dagger episode kind of takes place in a shadow dimension as well. And it's, it's roughly as good as the Cloak and Dagger stuff was on that 
Uh, it's kind of confusing why Cloak and Dagger just disappear after that and like don't stick around to help. And I really didn't love the Morgan Le Fay stuff. Uh, oh, there's there's time travel in that show too. Mm-hmm. Um, like Runaways ends with a lot of trippy, weird time travel. So I remember. I don't remember much about it, to be honest. I've seen it, but I don't remember it. Uh, as soon as Koenig singled out Freddy as one of his employees, I said, this dude's going to be Ward's grandpa. And honestly, now that we know who he is and how he connects to S.H.I.E.L.D.'s history, I still feel there's an inside realm of possibility that it will be Ward's grandpa. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And he also thought that they should have given FDR robot legs. Which... Given the technology they've got on the Zephyr, that would have been nice, you know. That would have been nice. And see, that's the part of Legends of Tomorrow that's great. I mean, Legends of Tomorrow's had, like, a teenage Barack Obama. They've had, I think, like, Abe Lincoln. They went to Woodstock. So I wonder who's going to be next. It wasn't really a convincing FDR look-alike, but, you know, what are you going to do? Cool. You got anything else, Adam? Nope. I didn't look on Twitter. Uh Mainly because I didn't. That's all right. We can catch it next week. If you guys send us something on Twitter, we'll we'll, we'll find it. But anyways, thanks for listening to the show. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll uh, see you guys next week.